Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited about this episode in our book series. So let me introduce you to my guest, Barbie Holt. She spent 25 years setting the same goals over and over and never achieving them. And then everything changed on May 1st, 2020, when she ran for one minute. And that led to her creating the habit of moving her body every day, which she continues now two and a half years later. After adding more life-changing habits, she began coaching women on how to create habits that stick with her five-step framework. And Atomic Habits was instrumental in her journey. And so today we will actually be discussing the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Welcome to the show, Barbie. I'm so excited to have you today and to be discussing this topic. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this book is, uh, I don't know, a lifesaver, you could say. I love it so much. Oh, I love it. And I really want to jump into your story really quick before we jump into the book. So tell me a little bit about this goal. You decided to start running for one minute. What led to this and how did you end up creating a whole business out of this. Yeah, so I happened to see a video on April 30th, so the day before I started, of a man, I think it was Colin O'Brien or O'Brady, he he did this thing called the Mile Club or the Calendar Club, where he ran a mile every single day in April. He added a mile. Oh, so wow. I was hearing him on April 30th, just before he was going out to run 30 miles. Wow. So every day that week, he'd run a marathon or more, right? And I had a thought pop into my head. You should try that in May for one minute, but just add a minute every day. So by the end of May, you can run for 30 minutes and you will be a runner. Yeah. And what's funny is you have to understand, um, I'm not, I don't run. I, I'm a hundred pounds overweight. This is not something that you'd think, oh yeah, that just makes perfect sense. But I'd actually been creating a vision for my life. Mm-hmm. And in that vision, I was a runner. So it makes sense when you think of it that way. Yeah. And so I actually got up the very next morning. I went out for one minute and I thought I was going to die. 60 <laughs> seconds doesn't seem long, but it was. And when I didn't die, I was so excited that I could not wait to try for two minutes the next day and three minutes the next day. And I actually ended up running for 66 days in a row. Wow. I love it. And so you were at 66 minutes at that point. Yeah. And in the process, I ran a 5k. I ran a 5k on day 54, I believe. So it was amazing. Yeah. And so now this little tiny habit or what we would call atomic habits, if we're talking about this book has really changed the whole trajectory of not only your, your health, but your life. Now you're coaching other women how to create habits that stick. Absolutely. It was just funny how people came out of the woodwork when they saw what I was doing. They were so excited. I'm talking about people from high school who I hadn't seen in 30 years, you know, yeah. they were just so supportive and cheering me on. And then people were like, what are you doing? And 
wow, if you can do that, I can certainly do something. And so I actually only ever had one person follow me in the adding one minute of running to run a, and ran a 5K. But so many other people had so many other habits they wanted to work on. And I actually became known for like getting people off soda. That was just a random thing. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. everybody who comes back to me, they I'm still off soda. Like, it's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> and so like happenstance that you just happened to watch this video and then you were, it, that was the click you needed. Yes. Like you mentioned that you've been setting the same goals over and over, probably to become a runner for 25 years. And then all of a sudden really being able to break that down into something you could do made it something that came alive. Exactly. Because what does, what does being a runner mean? Yeah. To me, it meant, well, that that person's skinny. And because I wasn't skinny, I couldn't be a runner. Mm. And I'll I'll tell you, on day three, I started saying out loud, I'm a runner because my two feet were off the ground at the same time. You were a runner on day one. I was a runner. (laughs) I know. But it took me three days to figure it out, to believe, to believe the statement and be like, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. And, you know, that's so important to, to believe what you're doing. Yes, I love it. So if you were to give us a quick summary of this book, what would you say, how would you summarize it? I would say the atomic is so crucial. And, you know, we all know what habits are, but we don't realize atomic means something so small. And it is the smallest, simplest thing that you can do to become successful. The brain just loves to win. And so it wins day after day when you can, for me, when you just one minute of something, you know, just one little tiny habit you can do day after day after day. And everything that I thought I needed to be skinny for would come from being skinny came from actually keeping the promises of those small habits every day, confidence and a new identity, you know, totally seeing myself as a different person. Someone who keeps promises to themselves really is, is the crux of what he's teaching and that there there's, there's structure and around how habits work. And he Mm. goes through some, which I love lists. He goes through lists of how you can do it, but the crux is that habits are small yeah, and small changes make big impacts. Yeah. And so I love that uh, you summarize it in the ability to keep promises for yourself, because that's really what this book is all about. They, he does a lot of research on how people are able act, able to achieve things, but really it's about keeping promises to yourself, which are sometimes more difficult. So I want to define, he does use a definition of atomic which is an extremely small amount of a thing, the single unit of a larger system and the source of immense energy or power. And then habit is a routine or practice performed regularly, an automatic response to a specific situation. And I think that automatic is really the key word there because when he talks about habits in this book, he really talks about ingraining them so much so that they become automatic rather than us having to think about them. Um, so I love that. Um, what would you say are some of some of the key lessons in the book? I have a couple too. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that that was the most helpful for me that I saw in this was was using your environment 
to make things easier for you. And so one of the things that I did is I had to make sure my clothes were ready for the morning. I I had to go, I live in Phoenix, so it was May. I I went running 5.30 to 6 in the morning before work. (laughs) You you couldn't pick a hotter time to start this project either. (laughs) Yeah, and I couldn't do it after work, so I had to do it early. And can I just side note this? One of the one of the goals that I had been saying for years and years was that I was a morning person, but I never figured out, well, what does a morning person look like? And yeah. that became my identity through this goal. Oh, through I this love habit, that. I became a morning person. Yeah. It's crazy that, like I said, the habits that flowed in from this decision. Yeah. But back to the clothes, the clothes were vital because for something to be automatic, you mentioned it, you don't want to think a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I even had to look for my socks, I would have a second to think about going out. Yeah. <laughs> if I thought I might not do it, I did have one time in the 66 days of running that I couldn't find a shoe and it took about 20 minutes and man, it was really tough to get out the door that day. I'm thinking, oh my yeah. gosh, do I have time? Um, well, now I have to go to the bathroom again and you know, <laughs> these things, well, am I hungry yeah. now? Like your brain just starts going. So having, having your environment in, set up in such a way that it, it makes it easy for you. Yeah. That, that was a big lesson that, that I really hadn't focused on before. Yeah. And, you know, I think the one thing that was really interesting in the book, other than like the being prepared and making it automatic, was he talks about this concept of being 1% better every day. And it's not really about just like, and that's why your story is so great because it wasn't about, I'm going to go run 60 minutes tomorrow and set myself up to fail. No, it was really about being 1% better every day. But when you compound that over time, and he has a nice little graph in here, when you compound that over time, you can get 1% better each day and you'll end up 37 times better over one year. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. But on the flip side, is if you get 1% worse every day, you're 37% times worse after one year. And that really hit hard for me because I was like, wow, if I don't get in on this professional development or I don't work on my mindset in a year, it's going to be 37% worse than it is right now. Right. And I love the phrase, one of the statements he said was change can take years before it happens all at once. Yes. And that's what I saw because the changes that took place within that next year were literally a culmination of a lifetime of dreaming and setting goals. And they happened so quickly. I literally couldn't keep up. Yeah. Yep. I was trying to set new dreams and goals and habits and I, they were just, it was so fast. I'm like, I don't even have time to think and and create new ones. And it was, it was really crazy to watch. Yeah. And one of the quotes that I highlighted and I put your name next to it was success is the product of daily habits, not once in a lifetime transformations Yeah, because you were really looking for that transformation, but it came down to those daily things you did every day that actually helped you achieve that transformation. Yeah, I highlighted that too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of things like, you know, how habits can work for you or against you. And 
I really found it really interesting how he talked about outcomes because that's really what it's about. It's the outcomes and the outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. So your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits. And your clutter, which a lot of people want to declutter the house, is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. So you really get what you repeat, which I thought was really interesting way to think about it, because I think so many people think, well, if I could just clean my house, then I would have a clean house. But really, it's about becoming a person who cleans on a regular basis that leads to having that clean house. Absolutely. And and if you noticed, I said, you know, I was a runner. That became my identity. Yeah. Now, here's the truth. I don't really run that much anymore because what I found is I didn't love it. Yeah. I loved some of the things. I felt strong. I felt athletic. I just have so you know, all these great things that came from it, but we evolve over time. Right. And yeah. I just found, I, I enjoy moving my body in other ways more than running. Yeah. And that's what I, I, for me, it was important. I want to go, to, you know, 30 minutes a day. That's, yeah. that's my habit now, whether it's swimming, running, walking, I actually love walking just about more than anything else. I've added strength training this year because I was wanting to do that. So I've evolved and that's my identity is now someone who moves their body every day. I'm yeah. just an active person. And the identity piece was, was really, really important because whether we know it or not in the things that we say and think we, we have created these identities around ourselves. And my identity had been that I don't ever achieve anything. I said, yeah. that was my identity. Yeah. Yep. And you weren't keeping the promise to yourself. I love it. Uh, so he talks about if you want to create habits, there's a couple of things that you really need to do. So the first one is to make it a law. And I love that because you kind of made it a law. Like I will run every morning for one minute and I will add one minute after. Um, the second is making it obvious. And I think so many times we convolute things by making it so difficult and not obvious. Like. If you want to have a clean house, you need to be the type of person who cleans on the regular basis. Uh, make it attractive. And that I think sometimes is easier said than done, but making it attractive as to why you really want this. That's kind of how I took that one. Making it easy. I love that you started with one minute. I mean, at first you thought that was easy, but it, it actually wasn't as easy <laughs> as you thought. But you made it easy to really think about and to do every day and to add one more. And then the next one is to make it satisfying. So those are the tips he has for creating habits. What are your takeaways on those? Yeah, I agree because we live with habits, Yeah, you know, and I love that he talks about we not to look at them as good habits and bad habits. Yeah. And and I, I describe them to people as, you know, are your habits taking you to where you want to go or away from where you want to go? And he says it in a similar way, but um, because we're so like, oh, I have so many bad habits and, oh, I want to get these mm -hmm. good habits. And I like that he shows you, here's the breakdown of how to do habits so that they can move you forward into a place where you yeah. want to go. Because I look at it as we have these dreams we set goals, but then we stop there. We yeah. don't create the habits 
to look at the goals to create our dreams. Like yep. that really, this is the key step, yep. step that we miss because we just continue with our, our habits. And I, I love the automatic part because yeah. I, I always compare to brushing our teeth. We automatically brush our teeth, yeah. but I also love learning. And I know you love this too, from Brenda Bouchard, how even our automatic habits, yeah. they're deliberate. We still have to make the choice because sometimes yeah. I choose not to brush my teeth. I'm too tired. I'll be honest. Even though it's an automatic habit, we still have to make that choice every day. And so having it satisfying for me mm-hmm. is how you continue to make the choice every day to do it. What are you getting out of it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the hard part sometimes is to really think about these laws. So to make it obvious, he has a couple of suggestions. And the first one is to really fill out a habit scorecard, writing down your habits to become aware of them, and then using implementation atten- intentions. Like, I will be a runner at this time in the morning at this location. And then stacking that habit after a current habit that you already have and really designing the environment. And you talked about that with laying your clothes out and making sure that you're able to easily get up and get out the door as quickly as possible before your mind can start self-sabotaging. Like, what am I even doing? I'm not a runner. Why am I doing this? (laughs) Yeah. And, and his, his description of this is really what helped me in in that moment because I had to make some other changes too. Mm. I had to move my phone. Oh, I had yeah. to have my alarm go off in the bathroom rather than by my face where I might hit snooze on accident instead of stop. Yeah. So yeah. I moved my phone and then normally I don't love getting on my phone first thing in the morning, but it's dark. It's early. So that phone screen woke me up. Yeah. So I grabbed that phone. I turned it on, you know, too much information, go to the bathroom, you know, yeah. get dressed. I, I made this whole thing and it was because of that little scorecard of, you know, how are you going to do this? What time I knew what time I was doing. It, yeah. I knew where I was doing it. And then how was I making it easy? And I had to set up these little steps for me to make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And then the next one was making it attractive. And he talks about using temptation bundling. So pair an action you have or an action you want to do with an action that you need to do. So something that is appealing to something that you need to do. And then this, one I think a lot of people miss joining a culture where your desired behavior is normal, getting involved with other runners or other people in your example could help you to really achieve that habit more quickly And then creating that motivation ritual, do something you enjoy immediately before a difficult habit. And I think so many times when people set out on changing their habits, they try and think about all the things that are negative, like you mentioned, and they're like, oh, I need to change all of this. When in reality, you already have habits that you enjoy. And so adding a difficult one, one that may challenge you right after one uh, that you enjoy is going to allow you to achieve that habit a little more quickly. Yeah, for sure. And a few months after I started this habit, 
I wanted to try something new with my physical habits. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do like a push-up challenge. Oh, I love so it. I decided to do one push-up a day for each day of the month. So by the end of the month, I could do 30 push-ups. And I have it stacked it with my running or walking outside. So as soon as I came in the house from that, I did it on my stairs. Yeah. Instead of flat on the floor. So my stairs were six six steps into my house and I would turn and I would do my push-ups for the day. So that's that habit stacking. Yeah. And and as far as making it attractive and something that that helped me immensely was having people in my corner. So I realized there was a whole bunch of people out in my neighborhood at 530 in the morning that had no idea. Yeah. And at first I didn't want them to see me, but there I was. And they yeah. were so kind and like clapping for me. Good job. You're doing amazing. Like, yeah. You know, who doesn't want to hear that? Yeah. When you're thinking, uh, please don't look at me. You know, that's was my first thought. But by the end of this, I was like, I had new friends who, yeah. who I saw in the morning. And the second thing was that I set up a little group on Marco Polo with my sisters who are runners, by the way. Yeah. And that's, that was one of my motivations. I always felt left out. They're much younger. They're much more fit than I am. They do races together, even with my dad. And I'm like the, the lone man out. And so I checked in with them every single day. And I couldn't wait to check in with them. I couldn't wait for them to cheer me on. And if I missed a day, they'd be like, are you okay? Like, we can't wait to hear from you every single day. Oh, you know? and, I love it. And it was great because one of the sisters doesn't live near me. And so we got to really connect and, and have that support. It was amazing. Oh, I love it. And that made it more attractive too, because yes, you had those totally. people cheering you on. Absolutely. Is your to-do list a mile long or worse in six or seven different notebooks, post-its falling off your computer? There has to be a better way. I struggled with keeping track of all the things that I needed to do until I decided to get creative and create my own task tracker. And now I've published it so that you can also get a handle on your to-do list. I will link the Link to my task tracker in the show notes where you can purchase it on Amazon and get a handle on your to-do list. The next law is make it easy. And this is really about reducing friction, decreasing the number of steps between you and the good habits. So I love how you're like, oh, doing the push-up challenge, it was six steps from my door. Perfect. Prime the environment, prepare your environment to make future actions easier, master the decisive moment. So optimize the small choices that deliver the outsized impact. Use the two minute rule, uh, downscale your habits until they can be done in two minutes or less. And I think sometimes we try and make things so difficult. It's like it has to be a huge production. But some of our habits really could be two-minute things. And then this one is the key. I, I have automated my habits. So invest in technology or a one-time purchase that locks in future behavior or really think about how you can make them so they become automatic. Right. So this year I wanted to you know, start doing some strength training. I tried yeah. a bunch of different stuff because as we learn with habits, 
you you really have to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and find a way to enjoy it. If you don't like it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. So it, it actually for about a year, I've been wanting to do strength training and I just haven't kept with it because I haven't found something I loved and I didn't want to do it enough. I wanted to watch TV more than I wanted to strength train. So, yeah. you know, that was the habit I stuck with. But when I found something that I loved, I actually committed and signed up for an entire year. Wow. So I'm I love committed. It. I, I've paid. I'm committed to go to this place for a year and I get to choose how many days a week I go, but I'm going to pay the same if I go two days or five days. Yeah. And so I was ready for that commitment because of the place I was in and knowing the habit I wanted to do. And, and I found something that I loved. Yeah. So I love that. You know, I, I always talk about this story and sometimes I feel like it makes me sound like a nerd, but one of the things that I noticed a long time ago was that I was spending a lot of time, what I would say, getting ready to get ready in the morning. And, um, I, I always tell the story about this guy named Bob, who was a lovely man, but he got into work at six in the morning because of his commute. And we worked at nine. So that was quite, he was at work for quite a long time before I got to work and I happened to be his boss. And so I had this habit of getting up in the morning, like a lot of people, and I'd scroll my phone and there was three or four emails from Bob. And Bob happened to be in the data and reporting department, and he would be asking for complicated spreadsheets or pieces of information or sharing really complex information at six in the morning. Now, I was not up at six in the morning, but as soon as I checked it, I would find that I was brushing my teeth and I was thinking about this data. I was annoyed about whatever I saw, whatever. I'm brushing my teeth. I take showers at night, full disclosure. So if people are wondering when I get to this routine, when I take a shower, <laughs> that's at night. But I'd be eating breakfast. I drive to work and I was thinking about Bob. And I realized that I had invited Bob into my bathroom. I had invited Bob into my morning routine and I was dreading getting to work. Nothing against Bob, but I was thinking about all these things and all this data that he had presented way too early in the morning for me. But I had to remember Bob was like hours into his day before he had even emailed me any of this. And so I decided one day that Bob was no longer invited into my bathroom <laughs> because that just was not cool. And I really started thinking about my morning routine. And this is how my habits changed in that I would get up around seven and I wouldn't, get, I had a half hour commute. I wouldn't get to work until nine, but the whole morning I was like piddling around. And I said to myself, what is the quickest way to get out of this house? So the first couple of days, I realized that I crossed paths a lot. Like I would go to my bathroom, I would go outside, I go through my kitchen, I'd go, I was looking for things. And so this is where I get really nerdy. Sorry, guys. But I was able to change my two and a half hour process, well, two hour process of getting ready into 15, 16 minutes, to be honest. I retrained my dog at the time to not have to immediately go outside to the bathroom. So I minimized the steps. I basically said, I'm only going to cross into a room one time and that's it. So go with me on this. I got up, put my contacts in, brushed my teeth, 
wash my face, put on my clothes. My dog's still in the bedroom, hanging out. Went out of the bedroom with my dog, went into the kitchen, made myself breakfast, walked to the back patio, let my dog out. I already had my bags ready to go. And at that point, I was ready to go for work. 15, 16 minutes. Wow. And so then I sat, I decided, well, now I have all this free time. I'm going to really think about purposefully how I want to start my morning. And so then I decided I'd sit in my living room and I'd read and I'd do some meditation. I started listening to podcasts and I would do that for the rest the, an, an hour and 45 minutes and really ensure that I could start my day um, right. And then I would grab my bag and walk out the door. And that was it. I never crossed the same path twice. My dog was taken care of. He was happy. But it took me several months to retrain him not to try and go right to the door. But eventually it was totally fine. We had no accidents ever. And I got to work never thinking about Bob. I read way, way more books. I was in a much happier place and people noticed. And then when I jumped into Bob's data, the response was more clear, more well thought out and more level headed. (laughs) And I didn't even check my email when I first got to work. I walked around and said hi to everybody. And then I did one thing that I could accomplish quickly. And then I jumped into email and it, it was all because of Bob. I didn't want Bob in my bathroom anymore. (laughs) That's incredible. That's the greatest story. (laughs) And that's how I made it easy. I made it easy because I really wanted to set my day up for success and it made me a better leader, but it took a while. It took a little while to break the habit of checking email right away. I had a a big FOMO, like, what am I missing? What am I walking into? I need to know before I get there. Like, what? I'm not going to do anything about that at this point. (laughs) So true. Yeah. So the last law is uh, make it satisfying. Using reinforcement, giving immediate reward and make doing nothing enjoyable. I think sometimes when we're avoiding a bad habit, it's really easy to say, well, we need to do something. But sometimes just doing nothing is actually enjoyable. Uh, They suggest using a habit tracker, keeping track of habits and making sure you're not breaking the chain. And then one rule is never miss twice. When you forget to do a habit, make sure you get back on track immediately. So how did you track your habits? How did you make it satisfying and enjoyable? So I'm a paper girl. So I created a habit tracker and I actually put the questions at the top for every time I start a new habit. I write, what is the habit? When am I doing it? Where am I doing it? And how am I making it easy? I fill that out and I make all my clients fill that top portion out. And then I have you know, minimum 66, somewhere 66 to 90 days usually is what, yeah. how long I'll track it for. And I check it off. Cause like I said, that brain loves that check mark um, yep. of just like, you're a winner. You're doing amazing. I had a client who would put hearts every day. She had it on her mirror. And do you know the power yeah. of seeing those hearts and the love she started to feel for herself mm-hmm. from seeing hearts that she had drawn every day? You know, it, it, all go, it all goes back to elementary school. Remember those star charts? Yes. They really work. <laughs> totally work. 
or on to, yeah. they were onto something. And, and I think one of the things that he talks about that really penetrated for me was that creating habits are more focused on who you're becoming, not what you're doing. Yeah. I so love that. The goals are more, what are you doing? But the habits are who you're becoming. Yeah. And I, I really just resonated with that. Yeah. You know, I had a client who really wanted to increase the amount of times that she worked out in a week and she put these three circles. She wanted to work out at least three times a week. And she put these three circles on the back of her front door and she would just write the dates in that she and what she did. And she set a rule and she said, by Sunday, I will work out three times. And if not on Sunday, I will work out three times. And (laughs) she said that only happened once. And that Sunday she ran, she did a swim and she biked. And I told her it's basically a triathlon. Um, And she's like, I will never do that again. But that was her way every day walking out of the door of reminding herself that she had set this commitment to herself and that she was going to keep that commitment. But what happened in her family was people, her family was cheering her on and saying, mom, I'll do the dishes so you can go work out or mom, I'll help out so you could do this. But it was creating that reward system too, that she was able then to reward herself. But that Sunday thing, like she's like, oh, it only happened once. It never happened again. She's like, I decided that punishment that I had set for myself was never going to be a thing again. It's so true. And I think it's so many mind mind shifts happen through creating these new habits. You know, so many people think about, you know, moving their body as a punishment. Yeah. And I thought moving my body was going to create a different body. And what it did was create a different mind. Mm. Say that again. I thought moving my body would create a different body, but it actually created a different mind. I love it. I love it. And that's so true. We've talked a lot about creating new habits or, and I know, you know, we don't really want to call them good or bad, but when you're creating a new habit, usually you're out there to seek some type of self-improvement, either personally, professionally, or um, physically. But we do sometimes have these bad habits, like maybe screen time at bed. So let's talk a little bit about breaking bad habits. So he does have a couple of laws for that. He's big on laws. So the first one is making it invisible. So reducing exposure to that thing and removing the cues of your bad habits from your environment. And you talked about this a little bit moving your phone away from your pillow so that you actually had to physically get up. So you would break the bad habit of either hitting snooze or stop and going back to bed. Correct. It's so true. And I think about the example I used of so many of my clients wanting to get off soda. People consider, oh, soda is such a bad habit. And I'm all about, you know, we live in a day where if you don't have it in your house, you can go get it. Do you know what I'm saying? You can even Uber eats it to your house. Yeah, You can (laughs) get it if you really want it. So you might not have ice cream in your house, but if you really want ice cream, you're going to go get some or you're going to have some delivered. So that's not enough. I love that's one piece of it. 
Yeah. So I always try to have my clients before they just are like, I can't do that anymore. I have to take away that habit. We try to add something in. So let's use the soda example. So for my clients, we'd start with upping their water intake. Yep. Not like start drinking 40 ounces of water. Can you add six more ounces of water to your day? Yep. Let's do that for a week or a couple of days, however long they want it. And then eight ounces, then 10 ounces. As they started upping their water, their ability to drink more (laughs) soda went down. Yeah. And then from that, they were able to start making different decisions like, well, maybe there's an alternative. What am I getting from the soda? A lot of it was the caffeine. Yeah. Wasn't necessarily the taste is so great, but they started thinking, are there other sources or other ways I could get this? It's not soda because I actually had some clients who were having like massive health problems over this. And um, yeah, there's always alternatives to get what we're looking for. Yeah. And so easing their way. Oh, I found this alternative to this soda that wasn't good for me. And, oh, I was able to try this. And, but those decisions are easier when you're already like, well, I'm drinking more water now. So I'm not as like thirsty for soda so much, or I'm going to spend 10 more hours in the bathroom a day if I'm going to drink hundred ounces of soda and hundred ounces of water. So you, you have no free time. Yep. Yeah. And then the the next one is making it unattractive. So reframing your mindset. So highlighting the benefits of avoiding your bad habits. Yeah. And I think that's really key too, is making it so that you don't really want to be doing this habit anymore. Uh, I love this one, making it difficult. So increasing the friction, increasing the number of steps between you and the bad habit. So getting the soda out of the house where you actually have to go do something about it and then using a device to recommit yourself. So restricting your future choices to ones that benefit you by using a device or a reminder is sometimes helpful. Um, And then the last law for breaking a bad habit is making it unsatisfying. So getting a partner, an accountability partner to help you watch your behavior and creating a contract, make the costs of your bad habits public and painful. Um, so I love the laws that he set for creating a good habit and a bad habit. And if you actually want to, if you're listening and you want to get a cheat sheet on this, you can actually download the version of this habit cheat sheet at atomichabits.com slash cheat sheet. So feel free to check that out as you're really designing your habits. Um, So I did want to ask you before we close, how would you say this book has impacted you? Well, like I said at the beginning, I I think of it as a lifesaver because, you know, I have five kids and we think, well, we do more for our kids than we do for ourselves. Of course. Yeah. But you know, them watching me do this was so powerful. I didn't even know the kind of effect it would have on them because honestly, when I started sharing about it, they're like, oh my gosh, mom, you're on social media. What are you doing? Like, but on the one year anniversary anniversary of that first one minute of running for my kids are already grown and gone. Um, I got flowers for my kids Hmm. congratulating me on and how proud of me that they were for watching me do this. That 
is priceless. Mm -hmm. And I thank this book for that experience, even though I did all the work. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I'll remember from this book is yeah. those flowers. Yeah. Oh, I love it. If you had the chance to ask the author, James Clear, uh, one question, what would you ask? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, does he have other books? I guess. Like, what <laughs> else can you teach me? You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> I think he does, actually. He probably does. This is the main one I've read, but. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. What else, what else do I need to know that I don't know? Yeah, because I appreciate the people who do all that back end research. I, I do love learning. And uh, when I read these kinds of research, I'm so fascinated by it. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that he did all that research and that I'm just I get to benefit from it. Yeah, I think I would ask him about his habits. What are your daily mm, habits? Good. And how did you develop these habits? what I would ask. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And uh, so we are in a book club. And so I'm always curious about what other books you may be reading. So I am reading right now. I just finished that positive intelligence that uh -huh. we were reading. Um, oh my gosh. I did think of this before we got on today. There was one I've been wanting to read um, by Carol Dweck about mindset. Oh, okay. That's, that's on my want to read list. So I just finished that positive intelligence. So I haven't started a new one, but that's really one I want to read. Yeah, cool. I'll add that to my list. Yeah. Um, I'm always a book ahead, as many of you know. So I just finished the November book. But on the side, I'm re reading Save the Cat Writes a Novel, which is um, an interesting book. I have a novel in, well, I have a, a book in my heart that I've started and somebody recommended this book. And it's basically about the, I think there's 15, there might be more or less, but the different types of stories and how every book that we really enjoy that's a novel follows one of these arcs. So I'm just like five pages into that book. So super excited about that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Barbie, for this conversation. It has truly been eye-opening. And I'd love for you to tell us if somebody's listening and really resonates with your story and they want to get down the road of really building their habits, how could they work with you and what could they expect? So I created a program based on my experience and it's called the move your body program where we focus on moving our body every day for one minute. Love it. Now here's the key. Most people struggle with this because they think it has to be something so big to count. Mm -hmm. But the challenge of the program is to do one minute of intentional movement and mark it off on your tracker. Now, of course, I want them to move their body for more than one minute. And yeah, they, they do. But the challenge is keeping the promise of the one minute day after day, because we've been conditioned to think we work out super hard three days yep. a week, and then we have to rest our bodies. And I would challenge that because our bodies were meant to move. Yes. And if you work out so hard that you can't move for five days, that's <laughs> not how it's supposed to go. Yep. Our ancestors moved quite difficultly, more than we do. We sit a lot. And so I would challenge you that you can stretch. You can take a slow stroll in your neighborhood. 
you can work out hard. I mean, you, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can do some yoga, whatever it is. You can dance with your kids. You can jump on the trampoline. Maybe if you haven't had kids, you can jump on the trampoline, but you know, there is so much we were meant to move our bodies. So I created this program to get people in that habit because that habit was the jumping board for me to create all the change I wanted. And so it's an easy, I consider to be an easy one for people to do so they can join that program and um, see some success and then get some confidence in really creating the goals and dreams that they want. Yeah, I love it. All right. If you're interested in finding out more about that, we'll drop the link in the show notes so you can sign up and check that out. So again, we are a part of the Bold Goal Crusher book club and you can join us live on October 24th for the book club discussion on Atomic Habits. To join the book club, it's super easy. Go to sarahmayer.com slash join book club. I do give out prizes every month where you are able to win books and habit trackers and goal trackers and the whole thing. So feel free to join and check us out. If you're ready to jump into the next book, our next book in November is How Are You Really by Jenna Kutchner. So you can pre-order that book as well. That info is on the book club website and we would love to have you in our club. We have some very lively discussions where we really try and work the book rather than just read the book. So again, Barbie, thank you so much for being on this episode and talking about atomic habits. I love your story and everything you've done. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was really fun. Awesome. All right, Bold Goal Crushers, remember that you can crush your goals and everything that gets in the way without working double time. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word GOAL to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.